Welcome to Cop Mode. I'm Mike Espy. I am the Josh Ackerman. Hey, I'm Ben Teed, and I lost my my power outlet. There we go. Hi. Hey, what's up? Lights. And this we have is... a guest. <laughs> yes, we do have a guest, and this is episode 30, and we are going to discuss Dust and Elysian Tale. And I will make note that originally Ben and I were going to just, you know, tackle this game ourselves, uh, just tackle this game ourselves, but it turned out other members wanted to play and our guest of the show. So it's kind of like a group slash guest choice. Speaking of our guest, it's Malcolm Rogers. How you doing, sir? I'm doing well, Mike. How are you guys? That's the end of the show, right? That yeah, that's, show? yeah, that's Isn't the end. That of, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that, that is the We're end done. of our show. Good night, that's everybody. Easy. Good night. Bye. Yeah, Malcolm found one of our episodes uh, online and found out it was like only a minute fifty long. It was just a basic introduction, and that was it. So, yep, peace out. Dustin Leasing Tale. Play if you want to. Bye. No, I'm just Give our ratings. We're done. Yep. <laughs> Uh, it's good. Gotta, to be, it's gonna be back, it. guys. It's been over just over a month since uh, our last episode, which is really crazy to think about. Whoa. Which is abnormal, especially since the fact that the game we, we did play is very short, and it's not and it's not a very lengthy game by any means necessary. So I've moved so far ahead though on different games. So hopefully, in the in the coming weeks and stuff like that, I'll be ready to go on on episodes really quickly. If you all join. Yeah, sure. Why not, man? I'll be all for it. I've already jumped ahead. Oh, got, never mind. I got Kingdom Hearts coming up. Never mind. <laughs> it's uh, like a forty-hour game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Have fun with that. And uh, well, I'm already Mirror's Edge, uh, Kingdom Hearts as well, and so on and so forth. I'm almost done with Mirror's Edge. I'm pretty sure. Isn't that a pretty short game? Yeah, that's really short. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, which one? Mirror's Edge. Oh yeah, yeah. It was like a weekend. Yeah. All right. Hey, Josh, uh, I remember a while back you had mentioned that you would like to talk about your experience with the PS4. Do you still want to do that, man? Or... Oh, yeah, that happened a month ago. <laughs> it did. And, uh, uh, yeah, I could, I could talk about it. Yeah, Is life, is life better? <laughs> yeah. Is, is food, taste, uh, it, food tastes yeah. sweeter? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. I wish I had more games to play on it, though. Ah. I have basically every game worth playing on it like sitting here but i pretty much just play call of duty every night so yeah i suspect that list will soon grow though yes absolutely i think starting in march really we're going to start to see things rolling in infamous second son is going to be probably the first one that i pick up after that mm-hmm. destiny got pushed back to fucking like january or something Oh really? Next year, it's something ridiculous like that. I don't remember what. It, maybe it's like uh, maybe it's maybe it September. Well, that was September. September. Okay, so I was wrong completely. I was, I was I was remembering it in yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's unfortunate. In yeah. any case, uh, yeah, we'll have more stuff in the spring for sure. You know, it's it's an improvement definitely on these the games that are third party. You know, mm-hmm. um, I've I've check some of them out on the previous gen systems and you know there is a a notable improvement especially with the uh, 1080p being supported now yep definitely helps a lot um it's not like a jaw-dropping dif- difference though that's what i've heard it's i mean yeah. it's it's it's, an, it's like it's nice but at the same time it's like 
I mean, it looks that's that's what I hear a lot. It looks beautiful, and a lot, and not to cut you off, but I've, a lot of the lot. I don't want to say launch titles, but the games that came out, uh, I would say a good portion of them weren't uh, reviewed, you know, favorably at all. Uh, well, favorably is relative, right? right? Yeah, yeah. None of them were like, like dog shit. I think you know the best reviewed game was Resogun, which uh, is a really good game. I had a lot of fun with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I still play that on occasion. It's really hard, but it's addicting. Yeah, yeah. That that reminded me of the game Shatter, but this this very colorful and dynamic, like very lots of colors. It looks like you, it's like it's crack for the eyes. Yeah, or something. it's it's really uh, mesmerizing when you get a lot of things happening on the screen in the, in the later levels, especially just uh, things blow up real pretty. Um, <laughs> sure. And, just having the dynamic of only uh, uh, movement, movement is interesting. interesting. Or lateral movement, I guess. I, I guess that's what I mean. Really, really can't go. You can't aim up and down, is what I'm trying to say. So, movement is really important in trying to you know navigate through all the enemies and, and shoot and stuff like that because you can't really turn. So. It's really fun. It's it's you know it's hard to describe unless you just jump in and start playing it because I I've read a lot of uh, previews and uh, you know it sounds like okay you know this just sounds like a stupid arcade game but it is pretty awesome. So yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's like kind of like a I don't want to necessarily describe it as a side side scroller two D shooter. Yeah, um, you know it's really it's a it's a evolution of Galaga and all the you know games of old that started the arcade phenomenon and uh um but it's you know it's got some interesting additions that make it all the more addicting so it's uh it's free so there's <laughs> no reason not to download it yeah free is um, good free is good and the funny very good. and um so other than that i mean graphically out of all the games that i have Killzone is definitely one to take the cake i mean it's uh that that one definitely caused some oohs and ahs in the room when I had all my buddies over uh, playing my PS4 for the first time. Yeah, so, speaking of playing, you actually didn't get to play it immediately when you had <laughs> when you no, had uh, bought, no. when you had originally got the, uh, the console. Yeah, so, talk thank, about- thank you for bringing that nightmare back up. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> it. Um, I had some issues with shipping and stuff like that, and uh, I, I I ended up getting it. It's not like it. it took day that i was supposed to get it but it was like eight hours later oh stood in line at the post office finally got it home all my friends are like sitting there they've gone through like a six pack of beers already just pissed off waiting for me and sure enough the uh hdmi port was screwed up so Uh i'm getting no video connection um (laughs) and then and then you know we screwed with it enough to where it did actually start working for like 15 minutes and i got like just past the opening stuff that you do in Killzone, and it's kind of just like this introductory sequence where you're like a kid and you're following your dad, and all this stuff happens, and uh-huh. it's not really fully. I mean, it's playable, but it's not like the full the and like the, the credits start rolling, and bam, it just cuts out. Like the audio cuts out, and then it goes straight to just blank screen, and yeah. that was the last <laughs> time I had to work. So thank God I have a Sony store nearby. I took it in there, and they swapped it out no problem, gave me a new one, and this one has been working like a charm. So 
Awesome. That's Very good cool. to hear. So, yep. I mean, game or otherwise, it doesn't even necessarily have to be like what, you know, your favorite game, but uh-huh. like what's been your favorite like game or feature or whatever? What's your, been your favorite thing about this new um, system? My favorite two things about the system itself are, well, the, the controller. The controller. Oh, that's what I hear. I hear it's really quite nice. Quite frankly, I've, you know, gone back to my 360 to play, you know, some Gears with you guys the other night and stuff like that. I like this controller better than any other controller. That's awesome. Wow. Even better that's than exciting. the original PS3? <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, yes. Yeah. Yeah, it is uh it's really really comfortable when you start, you know, using it for everything. Um the only criticism I might have is I kind of wish the sticks had those little you know those little like dots on the 360 controller which mine have now rubbed off completely, so this is like not even relevant comparing it to my S that I have right now, but it had like sort of little thumb grips. Mm. So oh, your thumb yeah. Off and easily. Yeah. And this doesn't really have that. It has like grooves, which help a little bit, but my thumbs get kind of sweaty and it slips off sometimes. So, but it's not enough to hamper it in two. You're you know, just playing that. Minutes, you're so. just playing that PS4 game so intensely. <laughs> I, I was gonna say that uh, Malcolm, when you mentioned the, the DualShock Three, like I never really thought that was a very comfortable or well designed. I didn't either. Was, but a lot of people seem to like it. It was lightweight, like, and, and it, the charge lasted forever. And I love uh-huh. the fact that it was a wireless thing. But I never thought the thumbsticks or like the triggers or anything like that. I always felt like I had to mold to it, not that it molded to me, I like agree the way with the three sixty one did. No, I don't. I mean, I don't. Like I said, I just that's just my observations. Is that I, I again? I have no. I don't think. Well, I don't think any of us have any expertise on <laughs> on a uh, uh, controller design. But at the same time, I, I feel like. I would be more comfortable playing games. I'm actually kind of happy that that my 360 wired hooks up to my PC so yeah. I can play like big picture mode in Steam and stuff like that. Yeah, I like doing I, that too. I like the fact that it's the 360 controller because I feel like that's the most uh, ergonomic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, that's a good word. Yeah, I think that I think that kind of describes it the best. So, no, I'm anyways. kind of an odd duck anyway because my favorite controller has been the Dreamcast controller. So. <laughs> oh, see, yeah, I I've, never, <laughs> I've never actually played. Well, I've played. I've played a Dreamcast before, but I don't actually remember what that experience was like. Or like, yeah. So you like the cord coming toward you? Um, I did. I also liked that you kind of so had little weird. grips on the side. And it's a weird sentence to ask, Malcolm. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you like the cord coming towards you. Eh? I certainly do. <laughs> <laughs> but it had a very good grip to it, and I played so many fighters on it that I guess my hands kind of molded to it. Uh, and I had big hands anyway, so a good big size controller is always comfortable for me. Big cool. hands, big controllers. Indeed. Yeah. Right so like, like the big, the big, uh, the I think it's called the Duke or whatever, um, <laughs> the uh, the original Xbox controller. Oh, that was actually pretty comfortable to my hands, but I did understand why it was so weird to a lot of people because it was a large. Device. I like it too. We used to call it the ham. It was just like a the ham, ham. joystick. Damn. <laughs> I like that too. Yeah. Uh, cool. Anyhow, uh, the second biggest improvement, I guess, that I've seen is how responsive the operating system is on the PlayStation 4. Very cool. It's remarkable. It's super, it's super smooth and slick. Um, there's no wait time when I, you know, I can be in the middle of a game and just hit the PlayStation button and bam, go straight to the menu. I can do anything I want hmm. instantaneously. Switch games, switch to a movie. I can just you know, check and see if my friends online real quick and then go straight back to the game. 
it doesn't sound like it's that big of a deal, but it really does make a difference. So, so the OS try... is top notch, huh? Mm-hmm. It is. I mean, the UI, you know, could be iterated on. It could be improved a little bit. I think there are some things that are maybe a little buried in menus, but that's stuff that is very easily fixed, and it's definitely not anything to hamper the experience. Okay. Um, Good to hear. But the framework that it's built on seems to be super solid, and uh, like I said, very responsive. So. Does it come with a headset, like a like a microphone headset? It, so it came with like an earbud that is a in microphone. No, it's not Bluetooth, unfortunately. It plugs into the bottom of the, of the controller, um, and it's got it's it's a very similar design to the Apple microphone earbud. Oh, um, there's oh, only cool. one of them, so you just put one of them in your ear, and then uh, you know you've got the little doily thing on your cord that hangs down that's your, that serves as your microphone. I haven't had any problems with hearing other people using it. My brother said a couple times that he thought I, I sound a little bit far away or something when I was playing Battlefield with him. But other than that, I, I know that Bluetooth support, I'm, I'm actually not sure if that was in that last patch that they put out for the operating system or not. But I know if if not, it's coming very soon. They're, they are mm-hmm. implementing Bluetooth support for all Bluetooth headsets going forward. So cool. Sweet. Awesome. There you go. Thank you for filling us. You have any more, man? I don't want to. Sorry, I always seem to like I'm cutting you off. I not really. I guess. I mean, I I really like the design of the system. It's good. Really oh, what's your uh, what's your most anticipated next game or whatever? I mean, you know, you said you're looking for. You wish you had something to play on it, but like, what's the what's like? Yeah, the, um, the first thing that comes to mind, or the one you're looking forward to the most. Knack. The the first one. That's already uh, out. Of course, is infamous. I, I would say, but uh, Wait, which one? Infamous Second Son would be the first one. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm hoping that's good. In terms of, you know, release dates, one of the <laughs> ones that I'm probably the most excited about right now is The District. I haven't heard much about that, no. It was announced at E3. They showed a pretty... Yeah, that's what I, that's where I saw it. an extensive gameplay clip, but it was, you know, it was a good... What's a Ubisoft kind of... Uh, it is Ubisoft. Ubisoft. Um, I think it's Tom Clancy. <laughs> But uh, oh really? Okay. Yeah, it's it seems really interesting. It's it's almost like it, it's a third person shooter, right? And uh, it's like an MMO though. And you play with your buddies, and you you find things in the environment, sort of level up. They've recently started talking about how your like food and water are going to play a part. So you're kind of scavenging, um, and you're fighting other factions as you move to this world. But, hmm. The coolest thing about it, though, I mean, really, it's just how next-gen it looks. Um, the engine that they built for this thing is pretty unbelievable. I mean, it's, you know, they were showing dynamic lighting of, like, headlights going through smoke. Smoke oh, just, nice. you know, being generated on the fly. The weather effects are super dynamic. You just have to see it for yourself. It looks pretty unbelievable. Um, yeah, I, like that. I haven't seen much on it, but the order... Uh, 1886 also looks really, really good. I've, so, heard, I've heard very little. That two games I've heard. Very I just saw yeah. cinematic trailers that I've seen was uh, from Game Informer okay. uh, magazine. So I get kind of like a digital s- subscription to that, and they had a pretty decent piece on it. Okay, uh, but all of the people who have seen it behind closed doors say that it's the most impressive looking next gen game out there. So hmm. nice. Well. That's definitely something we we'll have to look forward to in the future, and hopefully it doesn't get delayed and sticks with the, you know the yeah. exact release date Fingers or launch a launch date. So um, 
Fingers crossed on that one, fellas. Fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, we're gonna hop right in to the main feature of our show. Yeah. <laughs> so before we before we discuss about it, I'm gonna read you the synopsis for Dustin Elysian Tale. Set in the beautiful yet mysterious world of Falana, Dust in Elysian Tale is a 2D action RPG game chronicling protagonist Dust's journey to liberate an oppressed village and rediscover his past. He is aided by an ancient sword, Ara, and his helpful, if unreserved, psychic, Fidget. Yeah. Meticulously hand-animated and painted, this episode of Elysian Tale welcomes exploration, platforming, and of all and above all else, a ma- mastery of, of a fighting system that rewards skilled gamers. It's a genre platformer developed by Humble Hearts, published by Microsoft. And it's actually... Uh, no, that's not rated M for Mature, is it? No, I don't think so. No, gosh, no. I was say, uh, I, I didn't change that part. And it was released on August 15th, 2012 for the Xbox 360. And it was ported to the PC <coughs> earlier this year. I don't remember. The, I don't have the exact oh, really? date for that one. Yeah. So what you uh, and so Malcolm, yes. uh, since this was originally your choice, and Ben and I were going to play it, and mm-hmm. then we were like, you know, let's get Malcolm on the show and have him talk about it. So, so we're going to treat this like a get, uh, listener's choice episode. So explain, you know, what really drew you to this game. You know, what really captured your attention, and why did you want to play it? Well, um, I remember a couple of years ago, um, Xbox was running some sort of a competition. Uh, for like indie games to see which ones they would either fun or like it was a little game making competition. Dream build play. That might, yeah, that was it. Um, one of my friends showed me a trailer from this game Dust, um, and, and I thought that looks absolutely awesome. I wish that was a full game. And then like a little while later, he told me this is gonna be a full game. Like I can't wait to play it. And he said it'll be full in about three years. <laughs> <laughs> and so for about three years I kept like checking back on this like thinking okay when's it coming out um, so I really want to see this this looks really cool because I thought the animation style looked really nice I thought the character designs looked really smooth and just, it really it really does touch that that mental spot in me for like Disney animation Don Bluth animation mm-hmm. and just all the anthropomorphic characters it feels it feels really different from most of the games that we get these these days which are just it feels really colorful I really liked it and so when I saw that it was coming out I just I was just all over it as soon as... I was just following the release date like a hawk. That's interesting. So I, that's why I wanted to share it with you there. What was yeah. that? I was going to say that's interesting because that summer of arcade, usually, ever since uh, I think the, the year Braid came out, I think it might have been 2008 or nine. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. They've always had this thing on Xbox Live called the Summer of Arcade. And it usually happened around mid-July, I think, or maybe beginning of July, all the way through August. Mm-hmm. And um, they'd release like a game a week and I'd pay attention to some of the reviews for those games because it was almost like Christmas for like indie titles and stuff like yeah. that. Bastion came out of it, Limbo. Uh, one of our uh, already... Um, actually, I think Outland was a part of that, yes, maybe? I think so. Um, we've already reviewed that one. Uh, Shadow Complex uh, from, from uh, I think, 2010. Oh, wow, that or... was part of that, wasn't that? Yeah, and uh, this one, I think, when it came out, and I saw a trailer for it or a review or something, it was like the first time I'd heard of it. My first thought was of Malcolm because of these Don <laughs> Bluth characters and these and these uh, anthropomorphic, uh, you know, warriors and stuff like that. I'm thinking, I wonder if he knows about this. And I don't. <laughs> I probably should have linked for you or something like that. But I'm sure. You, I mean, not clearly. Yeah, I thought about it. You knew about it two or three years beforehand. <laughs> but um, 
but yeah, no, and 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 just hearing about it having good reviews and 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 kind of acclaimed all the way across the board, it, it made mm-hmm. me really interested in it. So. Yeah, the uh, I, yeah. As soon as I booted up the game, I I, I immediately thought, yep, this is totally Malcolm's you know bread and butter right here. This <laughs> this whole level design, anthro, these anthropomorphic characters, and I'm just like, yeah, this is totally Malcolm, and I, I'm sure he's gonna love it because it totally. And I agree, it's such a Don Bluth feel to it. And, and it's so smooth in the animation. And the it's thing, so ab- so I know. And the thing about that. It was done by one man. That that blows my mind. That explains why it took so many years. Like um, I remember reading an interview with him where um, when he was first um, brought on to do the game, like when he was first like approved to do it by Microsoft, he estimated that would take him about I think uh, I think he estimated like maybe eight months or one year. (laughs) Uh. It it ended up taking him like three years. So, oh. Wow. So a little bit underestimated on his part of how long it would take him, but it, it really turned out good for it. You can tell that the attention of detail, just how well crafted each um, level is. Mm-hmm. It, it's I think in the synopsis is that I think the the word is meticulously hand hand animated and painted. That is um, that is completely true. Like. I just remember playing each like going into each world like not each world uh, each part like each different part of the land each stage essentially each, yeah each stage yeah. yeah and I was just like thinking holy crap he did this all by himself that's how I felt when I like first played the first stage and they have that one scene where like the deers run past you and there's like this light filtering in on the forest floor yeah. my mouth just kind of dropped open I'm like oh my gosh what have I wandered into it gets better and better too as you it do. does. I think I think the 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 environments just kind of improve improve and I I got all the way to the end of the game and um and, it, and it, the uh <clears throat> the design and the visuals the whole spectacle really animation and the ending animation never let nice. up yeah this whole this whole package presentation is number 1 here I think mm-hmm. it's like the it's like the biggest thing I think that you can get out of dust as a game yeah um you know even the even the soundtrack as well and the and the voice acting Sound design, you know all that stuff. You know when you when you combo attacks together, there's this kind of uh, what do you call it? It's like, it's like a, a drum hit or something. Yeah, it's like just dun dun yeah. dun dun. You it know, goes up every time, like you go up so many. It's kind of cool. Yeah, and and I think that's a nice touch too. It, it, you know what it reminded me of? Because I think I think it had the same, I think it had the same thing. But you guys ever played Wind Waker? Zelda, yes. Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. Every time that you, uh, yeah, every time you hit something, I think it made a, uh, a noise like that, like or like a musical cue. Yeah, it was kind of like a dynamic soundtrack, where the soundtrack would kind of amp up, like when you do certain actions and stuff. Yeah, yeah, like I, the music itself, I actually, I, I bought offline before even playing the game, and I listened to it in, on it into its entirety, and and it's and it's and it's well crafted, well made, and it just fits. It has such a great atmosphere, and if that fits. Uh, this world that Dean uh, Dodrill created perfectly. It's to me, it's it's one. It's just one of those games I, uh, that Malcolm had mentioned that I I got really cheap off of Steam, and I'm just like thinking this is worth. This so far has been worth every single cent that I paid for, which it's is worth some. Oops, isn't worth more than some sixty dollars games I've paid for. I know. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I so. That's that's what, a, a couple of them. Yeah. On what it is, yeah. Um, 
and I think that's the best. That's one of the things I'm taking out of it. Like the whole presentation itself, and think about you know games that cost you sixty bucks, and you just leave it like, eh, it was all right. It looked pretty, but here. I just I didn't even break the double digits when when I bought this game, <laughs> and I'm just I just it just left me such a great impression on me. I'm just like, holy crap! I probably I think I like paid like just under five bucks for this game, and I'm thinking this is probably one of the most fun I've had in a you know you know with an indie title. Mm-hmm. This is just fantastic. I hope I hope people see it in a in a Steam sale and pick it up because it's a long game too. It's, I think I think it took me about fifteen hours. Yeah, it took so. a good amount of time. Like I think it took me, I think maybe nineteen or twenty to to get everything like a hundred percent file. Oh, so you were doing a hundred percent? Yeah, I just did yeah. whatever was kind of convenient for me. I didn't actually finish the game, and I can I can talk about that too mm-hmm. uh, when we get into kind of like the crafting of of things and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think I kind of screwed myself over. Aww. Um, well, go yeah, go ahead right into that, man. Yeah, I might as well talk about it. So like you know, the the game itself, like it's easy. Like I, I you feel really powerful when you're playing. Mm-hmm. And it has really simple controls, and I would almost recommend this game to like a younger gamer, like like a beginner, like almost like teenage Ben would really enjoy this. I feel like yeah. I feel like I really would have gotten into this if I if I was much younger, and I would definitely recommend it to younger audiences because mostly just because the, the story kind of is. It reminds me of like all the other Metroidvania games and tropes <laughs> that it does. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. We already talked about Shadow Complex and Outland. Um, but was, like the the new Guacamelee that came out, it's got the same kind of tropes where you just you kind of backtrack sometimes over the side scrolling um, world. Did you play that? Guacamelee? Yeah, I haven't played it yet. Oh. kind of want to. We, I might. Maybe, someone might make it pick. I don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, 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 that would be a great excuse to do it. Um, we've been playing tons of Metroidvania games, anyways. Yeah, we sure have. So that's a little And yeah, and I, I, I definitely like to give that one a try at some point. But um, the craft system that you do in it, it's it's a very light RPG system where you take um, you can you can uh, pretty much find blueprints and 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 materials when you when you kill enemies and stuff like that. You gather that up, yeah, and you just get them to build stuff. Well, all right. So I'm gonna say I'm not gonna count this against the game. I'm like I got like a face palm on my head right now. I'm like I'm not gonna say <laughs> it was the game's fault. Maybe it was. I don't know. Maybe I was rushing through it. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But it wasn't clear to me like how to craft or what to do. Okay. So there were certain things that I needed to find or go back and get that at the end of the game I just was not willing to do. So I think it was like a you know how it's like you tell you tell like a someone you break up with, which I, I, I guess that's not true. I never broke up with anybody, but like, it's not you. It's me. <laughs> I feel like I want to tell this game. It's not you game. It's me. Like I was, um, just, I was just pissed off at the end of the game that, uh, that I, at, not at the end of the game, I right. was pissed off when I reached the end of the game and realized in order to become more powerful, in order to finish this game, I would need to go back and find the things I need to craft. And I was like, Hey, nobody got time for that. Like, I don't want to, you know, I was like, I don't want to. Well, I have a question like, for you. Uh, did you you did know about the whole like selling items and you get them for free from the not for free but you sell that's items and you get them infinitely from the doing. crafter, right? Yeah, okay. that's all I was doing. I would, all I would do is when I'd find the guy, uh, who you know the the guy who uh, the little uh, hut that you sell things at and buy new materials and stuff from. Yeah, the eponymous um, seller. I always I kept thinking of the uh, the uh, Resident Evil Four guy. What are you buying? I did that on purpose. What are you buying? What are you selling? <laughs> um, so I, I kept trying to 
kept trying to sell everything, everything yeah. I had in order to buy a ton of blank, you know, and it would, yeah. and it would normally be like points into, you know, my armor or something like that. But I didn't, all the crafting and stuff like that, I always wore better armor that I found, you know, uh, yeah, it was I, never I, something I actually constructed. Yeah. So, and I didn't realize that till the end of the game. And I'm like, ah, oh, for Christ's sake, oh man. You know, so <laughs> there was that. But the other thing about it that I really like, oh, I'm sorry. You know what? I, I know that someone else talk for a little bit. I can go back to, to talking about leveling up. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll mention this to you, Ben. Uh, speaking of the last level, uh-huh. even though I had like a, a really high defense and my attack level, my attack uh, level was high. I had a pretty decent amount of uh, HP, mm-hmm. and I also had, you know, really good armor on, too. Like, it was like a plus 140 or something like that. Yeah. And I will say that last level, I, that was, that difficulty level just spiked. I got a feeling that, like, he, like, programmed the entire game, he got to the last level, it was like, everything else has been too easy. Uh, push it up. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> it was... It was fucking hard. Like I, I, I just remember thinking, like I, I just sat there thinking, like, okay, you know, these, you know, these past levels I've been going through haven't been really this hard. You know, there's been a few enemies that've been, you know, challenging a bit, but holy crap! Like, like these armored guards that, um, these villains that you would fight near the end of the game, mm-hmm. like one stab did an astronomical amount of damage, and I'm like. Holy crap! I like, did go through my entire food reserves there. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's another thing too. Is you gotta you gotta keep like, uh, what is it called? Spamming the 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 fidget button. <laughs> Spam that fidget button. You exactly. You pretty much just use as much magic as possible in order to get you know. And and the thing is, <laughs> fidget. Possibly yeah. one of the most annoying characters since Jar Jar Binks, probably. Well, I actually yeah. really like Fidget. She was probably okay. my favorite character in the game. Really? Right. I need, to, I need yes. to be this bridge. I need to be this bridge between you two because <laughs> I was totally with you, Josh. I hated Fidget at the beginning. And it's and it's one of those things it's one of those things where like I started playing it, I'm like, you are so annoying. And like <laughs> and like I don't I, I think this is like not even as a kid I don't think I would have enjoyed this. And blah blah blah. And then like all of a sudden, um, I don't know if you got this far or not, Josh, but like they have these like really emotional moments involving like death and like what dust is and who he, you know and what what happened and stuff like that. And God damn it, like it made me kind of love Fidget because <laughs> it was like it was one of those things. It's just like you know she she's kind of always there for him and they go through this thing and there's this she actually has an arc, an arc. It's a simple arc. But it's a character arc, no less, and it's a graceful it, character. So it, yeah, yeah, it's a graceful character, and, and it actually ends up earning the uh, the story stuff that it needed in order to become resolute, uh, resolved. And so I, you know, at the end, I just I was like, you know what, Fidget's kind of a good character. Like, <laughs> they just well, the way they introduced it made me go, no, <laughs> like, a, a cat with yeah, wings. My, has, I mean, I guess my confession is that I skipped through at least half the cutscenes because I just could not fucking take it. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought the voice acting was not very good. Across. Oh really? Okay. Now, how did you get through the whole thing? Yes, and okay. it, uh, you know, I had very, I had long periods of stopping in between, but. Mm-hmm. Sure. No. Yeah. No problem. It, but um, like the main voice actor was almost like an over dramatic David Hayter. Um, to make it maybe a little bit more apparent, that guy's actually an anime voice actor. So there you go. Ah. Uh, okay. <laughs> that explains exactly everything. I had yeah. this like 
overt sense of just Japanese, like, you know, melodrama that was kind of running throughout the whole story. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> man, and that's, oh, good. just not, I don't know. It's just not my thing. I mean, I, that's definitely something that a lot of people get into. And I, I mean, that's, I'm so glad you bring that up for me. <laughs> I'm so glad you bring that up because I'm one of those people that doesn't really mind like the Japanese kind of, uh, uh, fixations and, 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 uh, and you know terms and stuff like that not terms but uh kind of sensibilities when when make it this is clearly japanese uh inspired well, and, and, and alone you can tell yeah right so like just you know when you see the animation and you see like the way things are done and stuff like that and you hear the voice acting from the excuse me the very beginning of the game you kind of know what you're getting into at that point yeah. And yeah, I can totally see if that's not your thing. I'm so glad you're here to say that because <laughs> I would hate for us to like like, let's say you weren't a part of this review. Like, someone listening at home would be like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll play this game. Not knowing that, that – and that maybe they don't like that kind of Japanese or anime style. Mm-hmm, they come yeah. into this game and they're like, what the – you know, <laughs> I can totally see that happening. And so I'm kind of glad that, like, if that's not your thing, you may yeah. want to avoid this game. But at the same time, it's, it's gorgeous. You know, it's, it's like, you know, I just, I'm glad you kind of pointed that out. So Yeah, I'll, I'll say two more things right now, too. Mm-hmm. First of all, to offset that, I agree with you guys totally that the uh, style and the environments and stuff are pretty cool in this. And it did remind me of Bastion in some ways. It's not that – yeah, it's not the the watercolor style that Bastion where the colors are bleeding into one another. But it's that mm-hmm. cool, uh, you know, with just the, the painterly style that they used. Um, but I did feel like the combat was repetitive. It is. I agree with that. The combat was very simple and very, I'd almost say one note, but in a way I kind of enjoyed that because I was a big fan of like the old beat-em-ups like Final Fight and Phantom Streets of Rage. Yeah. And really all you did, you only had like two combos in those games, but you just did what you could with them. And at least there's some variations here. I mean, yeah, it doesn't always it doesn't do demand, but thing. yeah. That's true. That's true. Um, that That's kind of the thing though. Like that that's, that's one of the reasons I guess, Josh, is why I would recommend it to a younger Kind of like I, if I had a little brother who was like you know anywhere from like twelve to sixteen, I would mm-hmm. totally say you got to play Dust Man. This is great, like because it has these sensibilities that are just so simple and easy, and 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 like it doesn't ever get too complicated. Like I feel like games nowadays is they have to have you know nine or ten different ways to kill something or to mm-hmm. blow something up to make it good. But another thing too is without remember in Outland or in Shadow Complex. We played these like Castlevania or Metroidvania, excuse me, games. You would come across like a boss battle, and you'd have to like kind of trial and error your way to figure out how to beat the boss. It's it's actually kind of how you beat bosses in like a Zelda kind of way, anyways. Yeah. In Dust, you never do that. You just mash on that fidget button and then just fly through the boss like, and and defeat it that way. It was literally just just cut them up. Just go in there, just slice, slice, slice. If there slice, is one slice. thing that I would probably knock Dust heavily for, it is the lack of interesting boss battles. Yeah. yeah like I mean, I feel like the bosses were not were they weren't anything different really from an, uh, from a more powerful regular enemy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. They, they, yeah. They, I think yeah easy. they were just like glorified you know lackey pretty much. I mean, I was so excited for the end because I kept thinking, like, well, maybe it'll be, like, this really kind of dramatic sword fight where you have to, like, do a clash and then do a combo then, like, wait your chance and do a clash. Like, no, it was just, like, beat him up, go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, and, the last, I'll say the last boss battle was actually a little bit more challenging than the previous ones. That actually, that put up a fight. 
He did. With, with General Gaius, but yeah, there wasn't there was nothing uh really spectacular about it, but it was out of all the boss battles, that was the most challenging one. I agree, because there was there were some things like when you were fighting on the platforms and like you had to kind of like judge where you were on the platform and how to maintain your distance without falling and like that was pretty that was pretty fun and pretty hectic. Yeah. That, I mean, I like the whole uh, hectic uh, hecticness, I, sh- I should say, mm-hmm. of that last battle and the last world. I mean, I just like the whole epic battlefield to make it feel like, yep, there is a there's a, there's shit brewing and it's going to hit the fan, and it did. And I, I kind of I, I like that feeling where it's like you know they keep talking about mm-hmm. uh, about this you know this event that's supposed to be you know you know big and it's it's going to be and you're part of it <laughs> and you're part of it. And I like that, but damn, it was so hard. <laughs> I wonder if maybe a better way to look at it is that the entire final level, including Gaius, is the final boss. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> used up every food reserve that I had, and I used fidget like crazy because oh, yeah. there were times it's like I couldn't stay on the ground because I would just get like sliced and dice hectically. Yeah. And so what I would do is use like that dust storm, that fidget, like you know, she blows the fire into, it and it just creates these tornadoes of you know these fire tornadoes those forever oh my gosh like that you know that was so helpful like clearing the stage out but by god that was just brutal <laughs> i have to ask though since you were doing that um did you um did you guys complete the 100 hits quest or 1000 hits quest i have not i tried i, tried. I didn't get that oh i got that what do you got to ask us what do you got to do um, well, I, um, there was that one where that kid asked you, like, get a thousand hit combo. And, and, um, I went to a, a stage, I think it was the, um, the Highlands, the Archer Highlands, I think it was called. Yeah. And there's this one big, long bridge with all these enemies that are flying. And I found out that one of the fun things about the combat, that because it was so simple, you had to learn how to take advantage of it and really just had to figure out how to do like loops over and over again. So I used that fire, that fidget fireball. And I kept looping these enemies in the air and just trying to stay in the air basically infinitely. And so I got like a thousand hits on an enemy before I got hit. And oof. <laughs> I don't even think I got close. I just think I got, maybe my most was like 600. I'm like, good job. Good job. You did a good job. <laughs> I myself on the back. Because it was one of those things where the kid, you know, I, I think I got about 600. I'm like, man, I don't know if I could ever do anything more than that. And then I meet the kid and he's like, try to get over a thousand. And I'm just like, man, screw you. It's hard to get 600, man. <laughs> man, fuck you, son. <laughs> Uh, it was it was really. Uh, it was that's uh, that was hilarious. That was hilarious. Man. I did I, have to go. Oh, sorry. No, no, when I when I encountered that kid, I thought I think I think I had the same reaction as Josh. I was like, um, no, that's not going to happen. Sorry, not at all. But there was one side quest that really. Ooh, I know where this is going. Go on. Really caught me by surprise, <laughs> and <clears throat> you had you bring this box back to this character. And apparently during the conversation, you open it up and it pretty much is poisoning you and you have to die. You have to. It's such a troll thing because you want to live forever. So it's like you eat all your food to keep alive. It's like, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. And like oh I was. gosh, that's right. And I, <laughs> I, I was. That. And I was eating my, you know, I was eating some of my food and I'm just like, oh, fuck it. And, and so, <laughs> and, and then I died. I finally died and, and, and I regenerated back to, back, back to full health and I'm like. I just ate. I ate a good portion of my food to stay alive. I'm like, I was like, oh, this pissed me off. 
Oh, I'm wow. like, that's such a troll. That's like, that is like a troll thing to do. <laughs> I think I just immediately went out and just started getting hit on purpose. <sighs> I don't remember why. I, I don't remember how that went down actually for me. That was a really strange side quest, but like kind of creative in a way. Because like video games, they always deal with, it's like the one medium where you simulate death. Like, no, I wouldn't say accurately. I don't know. Because it feels like you, cause, because you're the one in control and stuff like that. Like, video game. it's so strange the way video games deal with death and, like, your mortality and stuff like that. And to actually kind of play with that kind of trope is very interesting. It's interesting, but at the same time, like, I, I I'm like, I don't want to die because who knows? Like, where, where am I? It's like, is it going to save? Like, am I going to save my spot in order or something like that? Because I, I used to get a portion of my food. And I'm thinking, fine. I was like, hell with it. I'm going to die. And I died. And I came back to life, full health, everything. And I'm just like, what was like the whole point of this? Like, I totally missed it. <laughs> it was to screw with you, I think. <laughs> Apparently. I don't know. what like What's worse than, than, than a programmer doing a blue screen of death during a video game and pretending like the game has crashed or having someone say, oh, by the way, you have to go die right now. I'm like, I'm thinking, fuck no. I don't want to die. Well, in those kind of games, it's your only goal. Like, your singular goal is, I don't want to die. One life, man. Come on. Right. That's a good point. I mean, that... What's up? You remember the Hideo screen from Metal Gear? Yeah. That's that's it. That's what I was thinking of. We have this vernacular in, in games where, you know, if you fail, it's like, oh, I died. Or, oh, kill that guy. Or, you know, we have this, like, real kind of, like... It's so strange. Like I gotta, I gotta really look into this and study this because I think that's, I think that's, I find that so fascinating. Games just in general. There's this. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going on a little bit of a tangent. That's fine. But there is a, um, there is a YouTube, that YouTube channel, uh, through PBS Digital Studios. Well, I like PBS um, Gamer. Oh, yeah, oh, uh, no, that's fine. D- the guy that does Game Show. You watch that? So Everyone there's okay. So on YouTube, there's been about I think maybe 13 or so episodes. At this point, they come out every Thursday. Um, I forget the guy's name. I'm sorry, dude, but your show is awesome. It's he called Game cool. Game Slash Show. Um, he's got yeah, he's got like thick glasses and, and real curly hair and stuff like that. And he talks about uh, just just different things about games and stuff like that. And one of them he talks about gender, and another thing he talks about death and why we get angry during games and mm-hmm. do graphics matter and like all these really great things. But he relates it to like science and, and history and stuff like that, and and just you know uh, psychology, all sorts of real smart brainy things. But, yes. But it but it's done in such a consumable way that it. So you've seen it, Malcolm. Oh yeah, I've watched um, a couple of his things. I find him randomly while surfing. I just kind of I sat oh, through a okay. few and I watch him every every other week or so. Yeah, do yourself a favor, game slash show, and like I he I mean to me he he's like the source for like all that kind of like studying and ideas and stuff like that. I gotta I gotta look more into him. And he's so um, dual handed too. I mean he he covers both sides of the issues. He rarely really takes a side. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, he, yeah. I just say he doesn't really take a take a side, but he definitely like takes a look at certain issues about like in particular like the death thing that we're talking about with dust i'm trying to relate it to dust as best i can um like it's it's you know just it's so interesting to see that that's one of the things that you do in the game or for example like just gender roles and stuff like that like why you know why dust is a man or something like that or what you know what how do you see dust i don't see dust as I, i don't necessarily he sounds like a like a white person or something, you know, sometimes it goes into to race or something like that as well. It's all very fascinating. 
exactly. and they're not that long. Yeah, they're about like six to eight minutes long or something like that. The one so, on race is particularly interesting. Yes, I, I, I definitely like agree. Uh, I hope he goes more into that, in fact. So anyways, oh. <clears throat> sorry. <laughs> Back to dust. Um, uh, what was I, where was I going to go with that? Okay, so... The death scene. Right, well, the death, death scene, scene also, quests. but there's... A, there's, I'm trying to think of like other like really memorable side quests. Uh, the one uh, I really liked um, was that one where you had to help the two lovers reunite. I thought that was a nice one. That's right. Oh, well, that that's part of the game, though, right? That's part of like your main mission. Not technically, no. no. That really? you started oh, okay. off as part of your main mission, but you had to finish it on your own. Oh, okay, I'm thinking about a different thing then, because I'm thinking about the ghost. Yeah, not the ghost. No, I'm talking about the um, okay. two young lovers, the ones where you use basically every ability to get through like their little maze that they have to their highway. And... Right, that's right. I remember that. Okay, cool. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, um, I like that one too. I wish there were more quests um, of that nature in the game. So let me get this straight. Dust is, eventually you find out that he is both the person who's killed... And the assassin who killed... Well, they didn't... He's a, he's a, he uh, Dust was originally an assassin, or they call him something else. I forget his name. Uh, he kills Cassius. Cassius, there you go. Cassius, and he kills um, Jin. I think it's Jin. Ginger's. Jin. It's Jin, who's Ginger's brother. Yeah, Ginger's brother. Okay, right. And so now he's the amalgamation of both. They are now bound together as one. Yes. Like lone Ronin or something like that. So. Uh, I always thought the the sword. Did anything come of the sword at the end of the game? I'm sorry because I, I missed the end. So I mean, I watched it on YouTube, but that's fine. Like... Um, the other thing is, um, yes, um, the sword did kind of play into the end, not as much as I thought it would. Um, I, I actually the sword was... was evil and would turn eventually. I thought it would too. I thought like, well, this blade's obviously got something plotted, and it's not gonna. This so is not, gonna... not re- being secretive and not revealing. Uh, but no, at the end, I, the sword was still around. He, it sort of felt like he was a narrator of sorts. Like he kind of said, like, he'll rise again when we need him. That kind of a thing. Um, but I don't remember the sword itself doing too much. I forget what was so darn important about that sword. Because I know, I know why it was important, because it was the reason why they were linked at all. Mm-hmm. But I forget. It's I forget like they the didn't catalyst for opening up everything, really, for the game. You yeah. start off with the, with the sword waking you up, or you wake up with the sword, or something like that. Yeah, and you're on your way to fight the the uh, the, the bad guy at the end. The blue bloods. Uh, you mean Gaius? Or? Gaius, yeah, Gaius. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it I, nothing really. I, at least not I, from from Mike's from what I played. It just doesn't seem like the sword. I honestly thought too, like the sword was like, ah, I'm gonna trick you, and you're gonna do something that I wanted to do this whole time. Muhahaha! <laughs> I got you now, sucker. Yeah. It didn't do anything like that. It was just. He was just the, the sword was just more of like the catalyst for the story, mm-hmm. and that's that was pretty much it. It, it served it as pretty much a almost kind of like a con, I don't want to say conscience because that was more f- fidget. How about plot device? Yeah, there you go, plot device. Well, it got everything rolling, but actually, a lot of the more memorable plot points mm-hmm. was like you know the water was poisoned, so they go and they try to take care of the lady in the water, and yep, and yeah. uh, they end up. Uh, that the, the father of that family gets like pretty much. Oh, died. that was so sad. And see, that's kind of the moment where I was like, ah, Fedget, you're like, you're really nice now. And like, now I have to like you. Like, <laughs> and it was one of those things where like that. And also that like the company and the combination of, um, uh, the, that and, uh, finding out about the, about ginger and gin and yeah. like the truth about dust. 
and who he is and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like those two are probably the more memorable moments of this game that I was going to say they're, they're really well done and that mm-hmm. the story is memorable. And I, I'm not going to knock the story, but yeah, I think it could have been maybe punched up in a couple of different ways. Cause we, right. we're, if we're having trouble wondering about what the sorters thing was about, I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. <laughs> I know what Dust was about. I knew what Fidget was about, but I don't remember too much what the sword did after yeah. it started revealing the history. It was yeah. just there to kill things. Just wave that sucker around, just slice and dice, hack and slash some folks, man. Hey, you remember? You said you remember <laughs> Fidget. What was, what was up with Fidget? Well, I knew that she was the guardian of the sword. That's what her, her people did, so to speak. Gotcha, okay. And, and then, I mean, at the end, she kind of fulfilled her destiny. She stayed with the sword, and she kind of still did that. So, I mean, again, like you said, she was a pretty simple character arc, but I remember it at least. Right. Yeah, I've, I've had a hard time with this sword, so I don't know too much about it. Well, I can't remember much about it at all. So, I think with that being said, uh, we can head into final thoughts, unless you gentlemen like to share any more. Uh, you've been kind of quiet, Josh. Do you have any final thoughts like on the uh, quests or anything further in the game? Not really. I mean, I felt like it was combat focused, and the combat was fun. It it just I I kept feeling like I was there was an inevitable like power up that I was going to get, or you know, yeah. some moves or something like that, and that wasn't really the case. I think I was just looking at it the wrong way, probably. But then again, Metroidvania isn't usually my genre. Okay. But that's not to say that you know I didn't enjoy myself because uh, you know I did, and it's. That dog it, seems know, really sad, fun. by the way. <laughs> What's that? It, that dog sounds really sad, by the way. Uh, it just does that every night. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> I thought it was just funny. He agree. Like, no, he agrees with Josh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, with that being said, Josh, uh, you can Damn go straight, ahead. Josh. If you, <laughs> yeah. If, if, uh, if you want to, you can go on your final thoughts, sir, and just kind of finish it off since mm-hmm. you already... Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, like I said, I, I think combat. Yeah. Yeah, combat may have fell short. Um, and I, I did like the last. I like the crafting. I think that was kind of interesting. Um, backtracking isn't my thing either. And that's a good god. <laughs> anyway, uh, backtracking isn't really my thing either. Um, so that stuff, you know, but that that's inherent of of metroidvania games so if you're a metroidvania fan and you're jumping into this don't listen to what i'm saying because <laughs> did you grow did you grow up it's playing really not it's just my own opinion the environments and and the animations as malcolm said were, were very fluid um and it is just pretty damn remarkable that one guy did all of this um so you really do have to reflect on that from time to time when you're playing it and um understand just what a ridiculous technical achievement that is yeah. So, um, that said, I'm going to give it a seven. Ben, what'd you ask Josh? Oh, I was asking him if he, if he grew up playing a lot of like, uh, castle or Metroidvania kind of games, like where you do a lot of that kind of stuff. Cause I, I really didn't, I didn't, I didn't, not until recently have, you know, since cause of the show, have I been playing very many like side scrolling Metroidvanias and it's kind of been different to get used to, hasn't it? Or maybe, maybe not. Maybe you have uh, grown up playing him. You're talking to me? Yeah. Eh, not really. I, I really haven't played a ton of them. I played a couple of Castlevania games briefly, but I never really finished them. Yeah. I, I so. feel the same way. Like, I, it's one of those things where, like, I, maybe I've played a little bit, but I've never actually 
uh, went into went into one of these like fully until we actually had a review one. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think I've actually ever finished Symphony of the Night, which you know, shame on me. Sorry, <laughs> but uh, but but yes, yeah, but, no, but yeah, as I say, I really like Shadow Complex. You know, I gave that a, an okay score. Outland, as well. Um, you know, I like the game well enough. I'm willing to play Guacamelee just for the look of that game and how gorgeous it looks, um, and the art style. And that's sure. kind of the same thing I'd like to say about Dust. In my final thoughts, I'd I'd just like to say like. You know, if you see this game at, at the at the Steam sale or something like that, and it's less than five bucks or something like that, you owe it to yourself just to like, just put it in for the first five, ten, fifteen, twenty minutes and enjoy just the presentation, which I really feel is number one. You know, everything about the sound and the and the animation and all that whole spectacle, especially if you're a Don Bluth fan and all those visuals and hear the the, the soundtrack, I think you're really gonna like it. But if you are a Metroidvania guy that enjoys all the tropes of that, like. Chris Lowe is, which is very weird talking about this without him. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it, I, I, I think you kind of, at some point, owe it to yourself. In fact, I, I kind of want to make Chris play this because, you know, it's really good. And I like to hear his thoughts on it. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of replay value on it. I'm glad that um, you came up with it. Something I didn't mention kind of in the review and I kind of forgot to mention until now. The leveling up is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of continue to put points in something. So far that it, you know that you, you can't put it in so far that it's unbalanced, and I really think that's nice auto balancing that they do. You can't because at first I was like, I'm not gonna put any points in this fidget. I hate her. Blah blah blah. <laughs> you know? and then I realized you get far enough in the game where all I wanted to do is put all my points in defense and attack. That I realized I'm like, no, I have to put it in fidget too in order to be, you know, and it makes you balance it out, which is kind of a nice, like I said, in some ways, a training tool for a younger gamer. And I feel like, um, you know, if you if you have a younger brother or sister that likes to play, especially if they love anime or or manga or anything like that, that um, gift this to them or, or see what they think of it, you know, or, you know, I know I realize we're now in the next gen and, and it's going to be kind of hard to do that on Xbox. But, you know, like I said, Steam sale, you can play it on a it's it plays wonderfully on a on a 360 controller uh, wired up. So um, with that said, I'm going to give this 8.5. All right. I liked it. And Malcolm, how about yourself, sir, being the guest of the show? Well, since I recommended it, of course, I'm going to like say I really loved it, and I do. <laughs> uh, so I, I do want to recommend this game very highly. Um, I, as almost hyperbolic as it sounds to say, I feel like this is one of the more important games um, of like this generation, so to speak. Because I feel like it, it shows that you can do so much. Um, without having to go like and spend top dollar for like like the um, highest animation or these massive teams, I mean you can make something that's that's really still important and really still beautiful and really competently done, um, and you don't need to have a massive corporation behind it. And if they if he can make all this like if Dean Dodro can make all of this just by himself, think of what a, like a major corporation like say like like Capcom or like um like Nintendo or like Konami or well, are they still around? Um, yeah, they, they could do. Um, if they like just if they have this kind of a focus where it's just where it's just focused kind of on the presentation, like Ben said. I just that's a very I think good it, point. I think it just shows that there's so much you can do with this. And I also feel it's really nice because it's also it's also kind of like mascot gaming. Like we haven't had that in a while. Like you had like Sonic, and you had like a like Mario, and like all these focuses where every console had their mascot. And so you have the, all these mascot gaming um, platformers, and you haven't seen that in a while. And I think 
that this is kind of good like that. This kind of reminds me of those times, so it makes me feel really nostalgic. Honestly, you're right. I can honestly see, like, dust figures or a, or a fidget plush toy or something like that. Indeed. In fact, there's even one in the game. I there is. Forget. There's two of them. You get two the of them, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's a good, oh, God, that's a good point. Yeah, I feel like this great. is an important game for a lot of gamers to play because it's 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 good design, it's good presentation, it's not perfect. My, it's not perfect, no. Uh, but I feel like it's really good, and I think it deserves to be played. And I think it, it deserves like a sequel or more attention. I'd love to see this uh, enhanced, to see this done again with like a bigger team, or at least done again with just a little bit more sequel. focus after everything that you've seen in this game, like improvements. Um, so yeah. with that. Sorry, I'm sorry. You're, I'm stepping all over you. Sorry, go. Ahead. Oh, it's fine. I, I, I'm here for conversation. Uh, but with that being said, I mean, like score-wise, I'd say I'd, I'd also say a nine out of ten. Nice. Yeah. Good to hear. Um, I, I hate the fact that I had to follow up uh, what you just said because I, I don't. God, that was really good. But <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, that's why we brought him on. I know, man. I I know. English call. major for the win. Yeah. English majors. It's all I'm good for. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, Well, I can't – well, as much as I can't be as awesome as Malcolm with his words, uh, or at least with my words too, uh, <clears throat> as you can tell, my vocabulary is just utterly trash. Uh, I'm just going to – I'm going to cut right to the point. Uh, I'm going to give this an 8 out of 10. Uh, I think this game is – like Malcolm said, the fact that one person made all this attention to detail and the fact – at least for me, at least such a great impression. And then, you know, the games I've played in the past, like, you know, either like it's ho-hum. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it was good. I mean, I spent a lot of money. But with this, I didn't I didn't break double digits and I got close to about sixteen hours of gameplay, all well worth my time. Yes, this game needs some improvements, but like what the hell do you expect from one guy? I mean, that's like that's what that's the thing when I ask myself, it's like, yeah, yeah, this needs to be improved and going into this mindset, like there's like this really big ass team behind it. And it's like, no, wait, one guy made this. Holy crap. Like the fact that he even achieved this much and got this done i like i have to applaud this guy uh dean dodrill for doing such an amazing job and i i too would like to see a sequel of this particular style i i I wish i could like criticize like like give some critique on the animation because the animation itself was just beautiful I'm sure there's things that they can improve, but from what I I've, things, yeah. from what I've seen, I was just like, wow, mind blowing for me. So, eight out of ten. Uh, I agree with the whole age a, uh, demographic that Ben had presented uh, had mm-hmm. mentioned that if you uh, like, if a younger sibling or someone knows, you know, a younger person who's really into games, this I think this would be a great uh, icebreaker for them. I think it's 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 so it's very simple, not too simple, but it's simple enough to get, gain the basic knowledge of like a little bit of RPG, a little bit of a hack and slash, get the combat system going, platforming. I think this game is practically perfect for that. I feel like it's one of those games that we would have like cut our teeth on growing up. Yeah, very much so. Well, I think that's it for Dustin Elysian Tale. Malcolm Rogers, thank you. For joining us this evening, thank you, thank you very much. I'm applaud. Thank you for having me on. It was, um, I was very flattered to be invited to to talk with you guys on this. 
I'm kind of glad we got to play it too because uh, you know now that now that the industry's kind of closing the book on last gen or I'm gonna call it last gen. We are now in current <laughs> gen, our new stuff. Like I feel like this kind of game, uh, and 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 the things on our list. We'll get to that. We'll get to our next games in a little bit. But like mm-hmm. I feel like the things on our list. We're not leaving last gen anytime soon because we got a, a lot more to play and, and a lot more to catch up with. But eventually, when we do make that jump into next gen. When I look back at this last gen, the thing I'm going to see is games like Dust and, and Braid and and Limbo and stuff like that. And kind of like getting me to realize that, you know, in my first generation of playing it, because my first generation was the PlayStation N64 era, you know, and then Xbox with Halo and stuff like that. Those were huge teams. Mm-hmm. And I think when I look back on this generation, it's going to it's it's the generation that opened my eyes to the indie developer. And that those games can be just as good, if not better. And um, I think that's very important. And I kind of wanted to mention that, too, about Dust. And, and, and just some of the picks that we're either have made, are going to make, or that we're going to be doing here in a little while. Fez. Including, including Dust. So Yeah, I know in the future we'll be playing Fez. Ooh, Fez? Oh, that's right, yeah. yeah. It's, wow. It's really good. I've, I've played some of it so far. That's a good one, indeed, yeah. And uh, yeah, that's that's, I mean... That's that's gonna be my pick too. So that's my pick as well. And speaking of my it's your pick, pick too, my pick, uh, it, I had chose Mirror's Edge, and brief, I'll just mention briefly. I chose just by word of mouth, and this seemed to have like a cult following behind it. And I just really want to check it out. It was cheap on Steam, and I I've already played. I'm doing this as my second uh, my second playthrough. And that's going to be episode 31, and when we discuss about it. So uh, hopefully everyone will be here, including Chris. Hopefully he doesn't have any more computer malfunctions and he's be able to participate. I really – I got to admit, it was really awkward not having him here. It was just really weird. It's like right up his alley. Yeah, Yeah, I'm sad sad he couldn't join us for this. Let's all all take a moment and remember Chris Lowe (laughs) in this episode. Okay, that's it. Anyway. <laughs> Moment over. <laughs> Moment over. All right. Malcolm, is there anything on the internet we can find of your work by any chance? Like My work? Like Facebook, Twitter, DeviantArt maybe? I don't know. Like, do you have any – is there anything else we can find you besides on this podcast? No? If not, not a big deal. Um, majorly, yeah. I'm on Facebook, but I don't really have much on there. <laughs> so to speak. I mean, I don't really go on Facebook all that often. So Malcolm is uh, doesn't go on social networking sites, so you can't get a hold of him anytime. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to reach him, I guess if you want to, if you have any questions for him or for us, I guess you could always go to our Twitter. Or we can forward it to him. Yeah, he Twitter. Has ways. He has send, ways. A, send a pack mule with a guy on top. <laughs> right across the country and give him a letter. <laughs> Love you, Malcolm. Thank you very much. <laughs> Actually, if there was a way I, I could ideally talk to or communicate with Malcolm, it would be through a handwritten letter. That would be perfect. I have email. I don't live in the Stone Age. Well, I know, I know, but I, <laughs> I don't know. Never mind. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Moving along. Oh my gosh. All right. yeah. For, for all things co-op mode, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and you can send us an email at co-opmodereviews at gmail.com. And if you want to stream our episodes, our website is co-opmodereviews.com. Or, if you like, you can listen to our episodes on, Di- on, iTunes, on iTunes, where you can download them or stream them. iTunes. 
that RAM sucking software. Oh, I hate that thing so much. Oh. <laughs> Doesn't matter how fast your computer is, it still runs like shit. Anyway, you can find all, like I said, you can find all things co-op mode. Malcolm, thank you for joining us. Ben, Josh, it's always, as always, Maverick. it's, oh, and Maverick, it's always <laughs> a pleasure talking with you gents. And thank you to the audience for tuning in. And we will be back with episode 31, Mirror's Edge. Spoil the crap out of it. Yeah, and spoil the crap out of it. <laughs> We're signing off. Have a good day. Peace. Love you guys. Bye. Take care. Yeah.